0: Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Round Pen where we believe that marketing strategy should be delivered in plain English. This is Lorraine Ball.
1: This is Jared Jewett.
0: And this week we're going to talk about saying goodbye to 38,000 people.
1: That is just impossible to believe. Why, why would a company be driven to just give up that audience?
0: Well... You know, it sounded crazy when I first read it, but that is exactly what Copyblogger has done. They have announced very publicly that they're shutting down their Facebook page, even though it has 38,000 fans.
1: And for a content company to give up Facebook, where it, it which is a place to share your content, that's got to be pretty big news in the industry, right?
0: Well, two things. They're being very public about it, and mm-hmm. I think they have to be, because... It is it, On the surface, it sounds like such a crazy thing, but when you look at their analysis and their explanation, not only have, do I think they've done the right thing, but I think there are some lessons there for lots of small businesses who don't have anywhere near that size community.
1: Right. I, I think it's awesome that they've come out and been so public as kind of a champion of this strategy. I mean, think how scary that would be. If you you hadn't seen something like this be successful as an example, to just give up something like 30,000 followers, I mean, someone had to take the first step. And, and they've done it pretty successfully.
0: Well, they've done it. Whether or not they've done mm. it successfully, I think the jury is still out. Yeah. You know, I think that they've just announced that they're shutting down their page. It's only been down a week. It's going to be months or maybe even a year or two before they really see the impact. But, um, some of the conclusions that they came to in the process, like for example, number one, fan numbers don 't mean jack, you know thirty eight thousand fans, but because of the changes in Facebook, very few of those people were actually seeing copy bloggers updates
1: yeah it's such a fascinating story. I mean, we said at the beginning they have they had about thirty eight thousand fans and a very large percentage of those people who liked their fan page. Uh, were just junk accounts. Now, Copyblogger isn't the kind of place that's, that would have ever gone out and just bought a ton of likes. I mean, from the get-go, they had enough integrity not to do that. But, um, but through uh, some other sources and some seedier uh, organizations on Facebook, they had still a- accrued uh, that, that number of fans um, on their page. So when they were sharing content, Facebook was looking through the fans who might see that content, and Facebook's smart enough to know that those accounts were, were crap. Um, And and so they were were not as likely to share the Copyblogger content to anybody else.
0: Copyblogger, in this process, went through and they cleaned up their fans. Mm -hmm. And I think that's lesson number one for every small business. Number one, don't ever, don't ever, don't ever buy fans. Mm -hmm. It backfires. It's actually worse to have fans you purchase than to not have fans at all. Facebook actually will penalize you for, for spammy followers. But Copyblogger went through and they really looked at their fans and they started, they, they hired somebody who went in and cleaned it up and got rid of a lot of, you know, the junk. And they didn't really have nearly as many as maybe other companies. But then they also really looked through and tried to figure out, okay, now that we've got this core, how do we reach that?
1: And they did a lot of good testing, uh, you know, to figure out, Are these people who who we know are, are good accounts, who are actual people on Facebook, do they still even care to get our information here on Facebook in this tool?
0: Part of the problem is that Facebook has made it very difficult. And again, I said that a little earlier, but I don't think people really understand. About a year ago, Facebook went through and changed their algorithm. And if you were a company, if you're not advertising, they reduced by a factor of 10 the number of people who would see your updates. So, where round peg, if we would share something, maybe three or four hundred people would see it. Now, unless we do something a little bit unusual, maybe thirty people will see it, and we have a thousand fans. Yeah,
1: that was actually one of the things uh, the guy the guy who wrote this article tried was what's called a forced share. So he measured his traditional shares on his Facebook page against. Uh, sharing out uh, content to his own page. Actually sharing stuff on the Copyblogger page first, then sharing it out to he has his own fan base outside of Copyblogger. And it ended up that those were the people who were eating it up because they liked him, they liked his content, but the people who were only linked to Copyblogger uh, really weren't engaging with the content at all.
0: Uh, You know what, and I see exactly the same thing um, on our page and on our client's page. We force share if the The brand shares the content and then I share it on my page or one of our customers gets all their employees to share it. Suddenly, the engagement numbers go up, but they go up because of the personal connection. And I think that's the thing about Facebook is that you've got to be personally connecting with fans. They tried some other things that didn't work as well as the forced share. So the lesson there is if you're going to play in Facebook, you need to be actively force sharing that if you're just putting your content there and expecting people to find it it's not going to happen however if you and your employees are actively sharing the content that is on your company page not just liking and commenting but sharing on your own pages you have a fighting chance of getting noticed without that it's not going to happen the second thing they did that had moderate success was shareable graphics they took quotes out of some of their popular blog posts and they turned them into a graphic so you could read whatever it was so you got the message but it was a picture and so it shared on facebook like a picture that works it works a little bit better but they didn't really get they they had more people liking the post but they didn't see anybody else clicking through to their blog
1: Yeah, I think that's totally just how people use Facebook now. I think this result actually makes a lot of sense. So you scroll through your feed. Maybe you're on your phone. You see a nice picture, a nice graphic with a nice quote. Are you going to click the link above it or are you just going to like it and move on? And, uh, you know, I, I from my personal experience, I don't even use Facebook that much. And th- I love looking at the pictures. I love liking them. I love going back, you know, seeing something that's funny, something that's interesting. Uh, but very seldom do I actually click through uh, to continue with that experience.
0: And so I think there, there are two lessons there. Number one, we know that pictures are more effective on Facebook than, than text. And so you definitely want to be sharing lots of pictures. But number two... this idea of text embedded with the picture. So if you take a photograph, think about superimposing some content, some text over it, and you're probably sitting there going, Lorraine, but I don't have photo editing software, so I'm going to tell you my best. Photo editing cheat.
1: Okay, Mm -hmm. what is it?
0: PowerPoint.
1: Whoa, I guess that makes sense, right? Because you can bring in a picture... Make a text block and write over it, right?
0: And then you can save an individual slide back as a JPEG. That's cool. So you don't have to have any design skills. Import the picture, put a tagline on it, and you're good to go. Yeah,
1: that's something even I can do at graphic design. <laughs> and I, I I never throw my hand at graphic design. So that's that's cool. It's a good tip.
0: Um, the other thing that Copyblogger tried is they were going through this process and trying to decide if they were going to... Um, have their website or not, was questions. And this is a strategy that I have actively promoted to my customers, and, and we've tried. They even encouraged the Facebook audience to ask copy blogger questions in the comments
1: and the strategy was all the rage and it worked i mean it did before they changed the essentially the math essentially before they changed how you people would find you on facebook questions were great and you could really source uh, your facebook community for new and upcoming uh, content for your site and that was awesome but because the reach now is so low um, even trying to force people to engage that way almost isn't worth the time and effort.
0: I think they found 30,000 fans, three 30 questions. Mm-hmm. Kind of not a great return on investment. That was sort of where Blocker was at the beginning of this. They were looking at a process. It, they tried cleaning it up. They tried force-sharing it, and it, it really didn't seem to be working for them. And so what they did next was they sort of compared themselves to uh, other brands on Facebook. What I found absolutely fascinating, Copyblogger had 36,000 fans. They compared themselves to Your Boulder, which is a Toyota dealership in Boulder, Colorado, and woman, Erica's fan page. She was the person doing the analysis for them. They had twice as many fans as Your Boulder. They they were 36,000. Erica was at 21,000. And the results are amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean for a photo that they shared on your boulder, they got five hundred likes, right? And a photo that they shared on Copyblogger, they got about twenty five likes out of thirty six thousand fans, right? And so that that's really a testament to the quality and the culture that was cultivated on pages like Your Boulder or on uh, or on Erica's fan page. Um, and so so she, Erica and Your Boulder had a lot higher quality of people, um, actual accounts that liked their pages and wanted to interact with them, whereas Copyblogger clearly did not.
0: And it's not that the people weren't quality. It was their level of interest. And that's really what Copyblogger ultimately came to. They came to this realization that their community didn't necessarily want to engage with them on Facebook. They have this great graphic, and I'm going to put it in the the blog post with this podcast, and it simply says, it's not our job to tell our audience where we live. It's to grow communities where they live.
1: That's so perfect, and they really have identified the fact that their audience wasn't on Facebook. They know that they're successful on places like Twitter. They're successful on Google Plus, where it's a bit more geared towards the people who consume Copyblogger content uh, about writing and and creating awesome new content. And Facebook just wasn't the right place for them.
0: If you see a brand and a, a content marketing brand like Copyblogger with the courage to say, this is a waste of our time. We're going to take the time and the resources and the energy that we're putting into Facebook and getting crappy results. And we're going to put it places where it can work for us. If they can do that, I think other brands need to start doing that too.
1: Yeah, they're such an awesome champion because now small businesses who are very afraid to lose uh, an audience wherever they are can feel more comfortable uh, moving away from places that just aren't working for them. And again, I think you said it before too, it's, it's an awesome way to... Take your time and resources out of something that's not working and really refocus them and put them towards something that you know you can
0: for some small businesses that have never gotten into social media. I think this lets you know that you can pick one platform and do it well. And don't worry about all the others. And don't don't let your friends, your co-workers, or a social media consultant convince you that you need to be everywhere. You need to be, I'm going to go back to what they said, you need to be where your audience already is and you need to grow the community. If you've uh, been intrigued by today's content, check out copyblogger.com. These guys are brilliant. I love reading their stuff and if you want to see more of what we have to say on the subject, be sure to check out our blog at roundpeg.biz.